as we sit here today, the vast majority of licensed cannabis use is medical, obviously. Uh, but because of the lack of federal research, we haven't really spent a lot of time and money to really nail down what are those differences between terpene profiles and which cannabinoids do what and how. Really understanding conditions and patients being able to really crunch empirical data is going to be really powerful, not just for the industry, but really the, the health and wellness of the population when you think about it. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are going to be talking about why having comprehensive, reliable data is so important and why cannabis companies with good data have a huge advantage when raising capital. And joining us for today's discussion is a previous guest, Garvis Toller, President of Data Services at Helix Technologies. Garvis, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again, Dan. Uh, good to see you. The, the world has changed a little bit since uh, we last spoke. Oh, I would say, I would say the world has certainly changed since we were last together in the fall. Oh my gosh. I know when we spoke then, we touched on the industry's need to up its data game, but I, I don't think anyone could have predicted what an understatement that turned out to be. To get things rolling today, can you explain the current state of data in cannabis? Yeah, absolutely. So just like other facets of the cannabis industry, things are extremely fragmented, and that's due in large part because of the regulatory framework that we still find ourselves under from a federal perspective. It's also from the fact that a lot of folks still aren't understanding uh, this as a business and an industry. The legal cannabis industry is still quite young. You know, we're six years into this new world. Folks are still trying to get their arms around it. And as such, you don't have a definitive source for cannabis data, both for use internal to the industry and also folks just trying to understand consumer behavior and patient behavior. It's quite fragmented and that presents both challenges and opportunities. Yeah, the opportunities especially. You know, kind of for our listeners, just like compare it to mainstream industries, our, our use of data compared to mainstream industries. Yes, there's a cliche going around that data is now more valuable than oil. And I may have repeated this a million times before too, but it really is true. There is no industry in the world that is successful, no company that is, that does not use data as an input and the driver for decision making. That's just common knowledge now. What uh, hasn't really taken off yet is sophistication and use of data within the cannabis industry. Um, so I actually like to think about the cannabis industry, and this is broader than just data, but really as a combination of three different industries. So you have big ag, uh, agriculture, mm -hmm. you've got retail, and then you've got pharma. And so these are three pretty different industries that all use data. But the, what's unique about the cannabis industry is that these are tied together, sometimes through regulatory reasons and sometimes just through the practicalities of running a business like this. And so the supply chain for cannabis starts all the way from that seed all the way to medications and products that consumers and patients are using and all the manufacturing and processing that goes on in between. So you can really see, just looking at it in those terms, how the cannabis industry is really similar to three separate industries, each that use data in really important ways. Yeah, and you, like you said, our industry kind of combines those three things. So the need for data collection becomes even more essential in our industry. 
just to help our listeners get our get our head around this, give us an example of an industry, a mainstream industry that's been more mature. Say like the corn industry. How does corn industry use data to make decisions? Absolutely. So looking at agriculture broadly, you've got all types of inputs, right? You've got weather, you've got genetics from the seeds, you've got the different inputs from nutrients to soil to light, all that impacts your yields and what happens with your product. Just looking at corn, we see corn and everything from gasoline to consumer products that we eat and drink. We can debate on how healthy all of those things are, but in reality, they are all germinating, forgive the pun, from a corn. So uh, that's very similar to cannabis in that the plant, which has been used long before you and I were here for a number of uses, finds its way now into vapes and cartridges and a a number of different products. And so in those ways, those two, you know, corn and cannabis are, are, are similar. Where it's different, though, is the typical cannabis use doesn't really actually distinguish as much more than corn. So if you look at the fact that most people consuming products that have corn as an input aren't really that specific about which strain of corn uh, uh, is used. Yeah. For cannabis, we've got terpene profiles. We've got all types of different variables that go into some very different behaviors of the product at the other end of the supply chain. So they're alike, but also very different. And data is absolutely the underlying input that helps you make sense of it all. Yeah, I know when we spoke earlier, you know, we talked about if you were adding corn syrup to Mountain Dew, you don't really care what the terpene profile of the corn syrup is, but that's not the case with cannabis. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Very easy analogy to make there. Uh, The second category I talk about in terms of retail, consumer behavior. What are people buying? Who's buying it? What are their incomes? What else are they buying? These are a level of, of data sophistication that Cannabis companies, the smart operators are really starting to dig into and trying to understand what products should we be growing? Where, how, what is the impact going to be on the, the front part of my supply chain when I think about cultivation? Uh, how are consumer behaviors changing? And then as we do more research, as the industry matures a bit, I think the whole medical vertical of this is going to take off even more. Um, as we sit here today, the vast majority of licensed cannabis use is medical, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of the lack of federal research, we haven't really spent a lot of time and money to really nail down what are those differences between terpene profiles and which cannabinoids do what and how. Really understanding conditions and patients, being able to really crunch empirical data is going to be really powerful, not just for the industry, but really the, the health and wellness of the population when you think about it. You know, this is a part, I think, where there's a little bit of a disconnect for a lot of people because everything you just said makes so much sense. And then you're like, but why? You know, why aren't we there already? Like, that should have been like first. What's the reluctance within the industry to embrace data? Well, a couple of things we've got going on here. One is the industry itself, as we said up top, is very fragmented. And so, yes, there is a trend toward multi-state operators, which are really powerful companies, growing companies that are successful in in multi-geographies. However, there are also a ton of mom and pop operators throughout the country. And from state to state, this is very, very different. That's another important piece to understand here is that within the 38 legal states, there are pretty much 38 different uh, (laughs) regulatory frameworks. This Mm. has a huge impact on how you can standardize and scale, which data is really good for. 
that's one thing. And then the other huge obvious one, but I'll, I'll say for, for clarity, is just the continued legal scenario where we're still dealing with something that is not yet federally legal. And so that causes a ripple effect from the stigma that's still associated in a lot of folks' minds with cannabis, mm-hmm. let's be honest here. Yeah. But also how it's treated from a, a regulatory perspective is really important because if we're still in this scenario, we're not seeing the large pockets dump billions and billions and billions into research, which is really important to, to make this really fly. You know, I realize we may have bitten off a little bit more than we can chew trying to tackle this topic in 10-minute show, but I mean, I think you're bringing up research and how not having data or not having good data is going to impact our patients, and let's just take a minute to talk about that. You know, this is something that really needs to be taken care of and to provide patients with good medicine. Where do you see this going? I really believe it's just a matter of time here. You can see pockets of awareness that are are starting to surface where people are really understanding the power of the plant. And it's going to motivate a lot more activity. The, the stigma is starting to, to lessen. And you're, you're seeing very thoughtful folks from around the world really chip away at, at some of this. It's still early days, but to me, it's just a matter of time. Similarly, when we think about the broader application of data in the, the agriculture pieces I talked about and, and retail, Some of it's just going to be maturity. We've got a lot of smart people that are entering the industry. And the cool thing that's happening, I see, and I'm I'm a good example of that, folks with expertise and experience in other areas are starting to make their way into the cannabis industry. As that happens more and more and more, you're going to see increasing sophistication in how these businesses are run. Some of this is also going to be due to consolidation. Some of the really large players that we all know and hear about They operate these businesses like real, large, sophisticated businesses. And I think as they continue to gobble up some of the smaller players and some of the smaller players are yearning to compete, they're going to use a lot of these techniques. And again, right at the middle of it all, it's going to be data. Yeah. You know, you make a really a bunch of good points, but the one I I want to just continue on is there are a lot of people coming from other industries, especially Thanks to the current pandemic, people lost their jobs in other areas, or maybe their opportunities aren't as great in other areas, and they're looking at cannabis. I know you spent a lot of your career in fintech. How does the cannabis current data collection compare to that industry? You know, it's, it's really interesting and, and exciting at the same time. And you've got some gray hairs and you move over to new industries and you see things that you've, you've really seen before. <laughs> uh, there's the cliche that there's nothing new under the sun. And I think a lot of the challenges that cannabis industry operators are facing have been tackled before in other industries. So when I sat in in FinTech, a lot of cases you had a lot of data and technology capability, but the challenge is how do you focus that and tackle particular problems in a new industry? So as we have more and more of this cross-pollinization, again, forgive the pun, uh, (laughs) in the cannabis industry, we're going to see people bring in lots of expertise. We're already seeing it in how advertising is done and how optimization of the supply chain. Uh, There's so many different facets here, and I think it's really, really exciting. I I couldn't agree with you more. Every time I do an interview, you just get so excited about the opportunities and you know, and you just mentioned the value. I mean, you kind of quantified it a little bit, but just adding an extra X to a multiple because your data is really sound makes it worth the effort. It, if you're raising money right now, don't underestimate the value of data. That's for sure. And I, I wish we had more time because uh, you've been shedding light on so many opportunities. I'm sure a lot of the entrepreneurs that are listening to this show right now are just scribbling down notes because there are just 
oodles and oodles of opportunity. I'll have all of Garvis's contact information in the show notes. And I'm sure he'd be happy to continue this conversation offline. Garvis, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.